Good morning, C3. Thanks for joining us. We are starting in three, two, one. Good morning and welcome to Christ Community Church. Thanks again for joining us this week. Uh, we encourage you guys to sing along and worship with us. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the best And our spirits shall sorrow no more Not aside for the blessing of rest In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by shall lead on that beautiful shore to our bountiful father above we will offer our tribute praise for the glorious gift of his love and the blessings that hallow our days in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore we shall meet on that beautiful shore we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Good morning, C3. This is your call to worship for today. I'm reading from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Aren't these glorious words? May we rest in these promises in the coming week. Will you pray with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful, wonderful day, and we ask, Lord, that you bless us, and we pray, Lord, that you would be honored by our worship today. Help us to remember your promises in the coming week and help us to show the world how much we love you by the way we act. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express 
all my gratitude. I could sing these songs as I often do. But every song must end and you never do. So I throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but nothing else fit for a king. Except for hearts singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Got one response, I've got just one move with my arms stretched wide. I will worship you So I throw up my hands I praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I'm nothing else fit for for hearts singing hallelujah hallelujah so come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up your song you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. But don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those stones. Get up and praise the Lord. 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 I throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but nothing else fit for a king. 
Set for heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Hello, good morning, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Christ Community Church. Indeed. And our... Online service? Our online extravaganza. Extravaganza. That's yeah. exactly right. Guys, thank you for the worship. Indeed. Um, Always. They're glorious, and um, I'm more grateful for those men than uh, I can express with words. Yes. Every week. No kidding. Every week. Um, let me pray for us real quick. Lord Jesus, bless us today. Speak to us from your word. Make us open and receptive. Give us hearts that can hear and receive. And uh, let your word fall upon us mightily and let it go uh, go down into us deeply and let us let it change us profoundly. And Lord, if you would do that, I sure would be grateful. Amen. Amen. So uh, Robin opened us up this yes. morning. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> with uh, Matthew 11. I'm not going to reread the whole thing, but it opens with, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes. And um, we were talking this week about mm. how often and how much people talk about being tired. Yes. That people are just tired all the time. Talk about being tired. Um, we see that in movies. Do you remember that movie, The Help? Yes. Remember that movie where the Miss, uh, uh, Hilly. Miss Hilly. Miss Hilly mean, is the, yes. Yeah, she's the antagonist. Yes. And she's mm -hmm. just mean to everybody. She's cruel to children. She's cruel to um the people who help her. Yeah. She's cruel to her own mother. Mm -hmm. And finally, she just keeps practicing this cruelty and hatred yes. to her friends. Yes. Um, and in the end, the woman who is in conflict with her looks her in the face and says, Miss Hilly, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of all this turmoil that you cause? And she doesn't say all that, but, but we've seen that all throughout the movie. Aren't you tired? Just of carrying all that that weight of hate and uh, cruelty yeah, and just, meanness. Just meanness. Yes, meanness. That's exactly so, right. Um, it's a heavy load. It's exhausting. Yeah. Well, it's too yeah. much. Yes. And one of my favorite people, um, actors, Amy Poehler. <laughs> I like yes. Amy Poehler. Yes. Said, I'm so, speaking of being tired, I'm yes. so tired of being tired and talking about how tired I am. Yes. Isn't that true? It's yeah. true. We're tired of being tired and we're tired of talking about it. Everybody's And hearing about it. How you yes. doing? I'm tired. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm really tired. Yes. Um, she also said, I'm looking for a moisturizer that had, hides the fact that I've been tired since 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great... Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'd kind of like some of that. Yes, I yeah. think we could make a lot of money if we had that. But yes. people mm -hmm. are tired and talk about being tired all the time. Tired and, of COVID. Well, it, yes. Go, excuse me. Well, no, uh, that's okay. No. Tired of their spouse. Tired of their job. Tired of... Having the kids home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tired of women. Tired of men. I mean, you know, just tired yes. of... The way things go. But the truth is, we were tired before COVID. Oh, that's right. We're tired during COVID, and and truth is, uh, most of us will be tired after COVID. We take vacations because we're tired, and then we come home from vacation and More say tired. these ridiculous things like, well, I need a vacation from my vacation because exactly I'm so right. tired. Whether you, uh, uh, <laughs> you, know, you come home, I'm tired from my job, but... 
I'm tired from not having a job. I'm yeah. tired of having a job. I'm tired. My kids might be tired. I, I'm tired and I don't have kids. It's like this, this endless it, narrative yes. that we have, we've reduced ourselves to the habit of repetition. Yes. Yes. It's the Just, first words that and, come out of our mouth. I'm so tired. And, you know, even if we're eating, uh, like some of my best friends, you know, they'll eat 35 vitamin pills and oils and all kind of elixirs and serums and everything every day, but they're still tired. You know, we, you can eat, uh, you know, hey, what are those, what, what is Justin's wife eat, uh, doesn't eat any? Um, oh, well, like you can be gluten free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, change can, it. you can eat perfectly and drink, take all these uh, uh, pills, these vitamins, and you can drink one of those morning things like John Rimmer's drinks. A, a smoothie. And all that, a smoothie and all those deals. You can drink all those things. And we still wind up going through life, so many of us, weary and yeah. burdened yeah. and tired. It's like that's the song exactly we talk right. about. That's exactly right. And, you know, we're tired. Uh, I just gave some example. or came up with a tired of trying to be perfect. Tired of fighting people. Tired of fighting people tired and people. fighting wrong. Yeah. Uh, fire, tired of being disappointed and disappointing Tired of overcommitment, tired of treading water, tired of running, just constantly get up in the morning, we start running. That's right. Um, tired of, of carrying the weight That's right. of the world That's is basically exactly right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I obviously brought all this up to you the last few days thinking about all this because, uh, you know, right now in my journey through the Bible, I'm in the book of Leviticus which is not one of my favorite books. It's a hard one. Uh, it's, it's one of the hardest books for me. It's a hard one. Uh, but I'm reading the Bible because that's what I believe I'm supposed to do and what God wants me to do. And uh, the one thing that out of everything that I have been reading in Leviticus, the one thing that has jumped out at me, Shirley, from this study, uh, it's the third book of the Old Testament. And the one thing that jumped out to, at me is that rest is a really big deal to God. That's, 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 if you, if you're saying, well, I, you know, is that right? Is that, you know, that I've been looking sort of carefully at, at Leviticus 23, 24, and 25. And um, that's where I, I walked away with that idea that rest is a really big deal to God. I find it very significant that in Genesis chapter one, I'm going to jump all the way back to the very beginning of the okay. Bible. And if you read Genesis chapter 1, I find something very interesting. It's, uh, you know, there, each day God worked. He did something. He was active. He accomplished something. God worked. Uh, and then it says the day began and the day ended. Yeah. Then the second day God worked and the day began and the day ended. He, there, there's a beginning and there's a completion to each day. And in the middle, there's work. That's right. You get to the seventh day, the Sabbath day, and there's no, you don't see that it began and it ended. You don't see that. What you see is God's stopping His work, evaluating His work, appreciating His work, enjoying His work, but and, and, and declaring that His work was good. But it doesn't say... It ended. There's no. There's no. Com there's no ending of the Sabbath day, the seventh day, and what I what that means to me. What I take from that is is that that Im the importance of rest is supposed to continue. It's supposed to always be a part 
of our lives, our routine, how we go through this world. That's not supposed, that rest is so important to God that it was supposed to always be a part of our journey. Um, let's jump all the way to Leviticus. Two, uh, two books later, if you will. So like I said, specifically Leviticus 23, 24, and 25. There God says through Moses that it is a really big deal that His people regularly stop their work. I want you to regularly, systematically stop your work. And instead of working, instead of trying to provide, trying to succeed, trying to move ahead and get up the ladder, uh, accumulate things, instead of doing that, which is not wrong, that's good, those are good things, but instead of doing that on a regular basis, I want you instead to stop. And I want you to reflect. I want you to enjoy the blessings that you have been given. I want you to enjoy the relationships that you've been given. I want you to worship me. I want you to spend time with me. Spend time with those you love. Spend time with me. Think about your life, where yeah. you've been, where you're going, what's going on. Pay attention to Pay it. attention and enjoy what you've been given. It's almost as if God is saying, and I think this is what he's saying, I want you to periodically, on a regular basis, I want you to get a taste of that rest that Adam and Eve lost in the garden. See, they lived in a state of rest. Not a state of inactivity, but a state of rest. They were never weary. They were never burdened down. What God created them to do was not something that robbed them of energy and life. They lived in this, this rest. And uh, uh, I think God was saying to His people, I want you on a regular basis to get a taste of that. I want you to uh, also get a taste of it so that you can look forward to what... I'm going to give it back to you one day. I want you to, to taste what you miss, and I want you to get a taste of, what, of something that you can look forward to, uh, to make you excited because there is something better. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get across there. It was important to God that on a regular basis, His people... Practice rest uh, once every seven days. God said, I want you to stop your work. Everybody, even animals, everybody rest. Takes a day of rest. Um, men, women, children, adults, uh, slaves and free people, nationals and people from other countries. Everybody pause for a day. And as I said, reflect, enjoy, worship, um, but I want you to rest. And then he says, this is so important, this idea of rest. Once every seven years, I want you to take a year off. I want you to take them. And during that year, I want you to um, be no work, forgive all debts, free all slaves, let the land lie uh, at, rest. Uh, at, at rest. Thank you. And then to even emphasize it more, God says every seven sets of years, every 49 years, I want you to take an additional year of rest. That's called the year of Jubilee in the book of Leviticus. But so that you take two years off every 50 years, and in that year, you let everybody, uh, everybody gets back their family land. Uh, and I can imagine the people of Israel, God's people, hearing this and going, 
I bet, I, number one, I bet it sounded crazy. And number two, I bet it scared them to death. Yeah. How are we going to live off of this? How, how are we going to survive? But I, I think that what God uh, was trying to say to His people, I think it's still what He's trying to say to us. Nothing's changed. I think God said four things to His people through this, the creation of this regular, systematic uh, mandate to rest. I think he was saying, let me read them to you real quickly. <clears throat> Number one, I think he was saying that it's a really big deal to me that you, my people, that you trust me with your provision and your success. I promise you I will take care of you. You do it my way and I promise you I'll take care of you. And I want you to enjoy what you have created and right. been given. I, we can get so busy accumulating things and creating things that we never enjoy. And God said, no, no, I want you, I, I want you to enjoy what, what you have been given. Number two, I think God's saying, while you are my image bearers, you're not God. Don't take on a role that doesn't belong to you. Don't take on a role that belongs solely to me. I am your ultimate provider. It is my responsibility. Then number three, I think what God is saying is, your work is important. I created you to work. But at the end of the day, it's not the most important thing. Ultimately, God created you. I created you, says the Lord. I created you for relationship. Relationship with me, relationship with one another. You were not ultimately created for activity and for the accumulation of stuff. You were created for love relationships with me and with one another. And then fourthly, and this is the most important thing today, I think God was saying, I want you to, uh, I want you to, to see that I'm pointing you towards something in the future that is going to be great. Something that's going to be the fulfillment of this taste of rest that I'm giving you through this system of, of breaks. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you the ultimate fulfillment of that. And so you might ask, well, what does that look like? When, when did that happen or when is that going to happen? Well, if you will, jump all the way over to Matthew 11. 1,400 years after God told His people that, it, that taking breaks taking times of rest uh, where it was a big deal to him. Um, uh, 1,400 years later, Jesus came on the scene. And uh, at some point in his ministry, he uttered these words. Why don't you read those words one more time from Matthew 11, please? He spoke these words 1,400 years later. Okay. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Instead, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to think about the audacity of somebody uttering those words. I mean, what Jesus is declaring is, is that I am the ultimate source of people's rest, people's provision, people's abundance, and people's freedom. Who would make such a claim as that? A crazy man. Or God. Or God. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Only 
only God or a crazy man would declare that I can satisfy one of the most fundamental problems and needs of mankind, and that is the weariness of life. Yeah. It, I, I, can, I have an answer for that. that who, who would declare something like Who would declare that I have the solution and the answer to the weariness that comes from performance, approval, expectation, demands, perfection, control, pain, sin, dealing with enemies and failure. I, all the weariness that those things create in your lives, I have the answer for that. I can meet that need in your life. Now, i got to stop and be real honest here. I believe that those words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 11 are he, they're universal words. They, I think they are, they are Jesus' words to every person on the planet addressing every burden imaginable. That, that every burden that each one of those people would bring to him. Right. Um, regardless, okay, irregardless, I guess I should say. But Jesus is probably speaking with a, a, a specific focus in mind, and his listeners were probably hearing him referring. I believe those words apply to any burden by anybody, but he's probably speaking to uh, people about a specific burden, and I want to just share with you what that is. He refers to that burden. Let me read them to you real quick. I found two examples. There are many, but I, let me just give you two. He speaks to this in Matthew 23, where he says the religious leaders tie up heavy, burdensome loads, and they place them upon the shoulders of people, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. And then Peter talks about this very same thing in Acts 15 where he says, talking to the religious leaders, he says, why do you test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke, a burden that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? I mean, do you see, he, he's probably specifically speaking of the burden that mankind tries to bear that burden of trying to please God, to live a life where, that, where God is accept, they're, they're acceptable to God. Um, that that Am I doing enough? Am I good enough to, to make God happy with me, to become acceptable to, to God, yeah. to, for God to be satisfied with me? As I listen to you talk about that, it, it, sounds, it sounds very addictive, doesn't it? That's yes. an like an addiction, like yeah. I've got to work harder and I've got to do more. And am I giving enough? Am I am I serving enough? Am I praying enough? Am I reading enough? Right. Am I helping enough? What what else do I have to do so that God will love me and forgive me and, man and accept me and and man well, to be yes. well, you know? Um, but I, and I think what Jesus is saying is. I don't want you to carry that burden. You, yeah. you weren't created to carry that burden. Come to me, all you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That which you're trying to do to appease God, let me be responsible for that. I'll take care. And he's going to do it in a, in, a, in a couple of years. He's going to do, do that which is necessary so that we can find favor with God. But again, that's his job. He said, let me take care of that. 
Anyway, and I, I just was thinking about that, that uh, you know, Jesus says three things. Here, real quickly, i got to hurry. Three things that Jesus says that um, from this passage that stood out to me, I guess I should say. Um, but l- l- I'll tell you what, before I do that, let me, let me just mention that other idea there where he talks about that yoke. Yeah. The weariness of being fastened to a yoke which is carrying a wagon full of burdens. You know, you know what a yoke is. It was a big wooden beam, and it had two metal loops or, or whatever like this. And then oxen, they would, they would, that that metal loop would be fastened around the oxen's neck and shoulders. The beam would be on top of the oxen's shoulder, and these two oxen would be yoked together, and they would pull that that wagon full of. Burdens. Burdens, yeah. Um, and I just thought about how, you know, for most of us, I'm just thinking about myself and I'm thinking about you and the people we know and love. You know, we are all weary. And, uh, you know, for some of us, I think the, the fundamental problem is that we're like the oxen who is trying to pull a wagon full of burdens that's designed for two but we're trying to do it alone. We're, we're not going to let anybody else help us. I can do it myself. I'm so, and I'm, I would tend to be that person. Uh, I can do it myself. I don't need your help. Uh, I don't want your help. Uh, nobody can do it good enough. For, I, I have to do it. I, I'm so obsessive, compulsive, so such a control, for, control freak. I... Uh, and how weary. And culture adds to that. Culture adds meaning to that. Like, that's right. You are supposed to, you're your own Or had a boy. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. you know, oh, wow. Uh-huh. How, how, how impressive that he can carry that. Uh, he can do everything himself. But how wearisome an ox must have been who is trying to carry a yoke and pull a wagon that's designed for two but they're trying to do it. That ox is going to do it by himself. How wearisome yeah. that must be. Now, the other person that I think's weary, <laughs> you'll forgive my metaphors here, is that ox is in the yoke, and he has a partner. He has a fellow yoke mate, if you will. But we can also be weary, not because we don't have somebody pulling with us, but the person pulling, pulling with us is either too strong or too weak. They're too, they're, they're too dominant. They're, they're dragging us along yeah. uh, at speeds and in directions that we're not comfortable with or don't agree with, like being yoked with an elephant. And they're charging along, and I'm just sort of, that, whether I'm dangling or pulling, it's still wearisome. Sure. And uh, the, somebody that's either doing too much and pulling me along, or they're not doing enough, and I've, got to, them and I've got to drag them. They're either too weak or too strong, too insufficient or too demanding. They're either making me feel like I'm being dragged along, or I've got to drag them. Again, either scenario, it creates incredible weariness in our lives. And when we take on the responsibility of the whole world and everybody that we know in it. Yes, yes. 
and those that we would like to depend upon aren't living up, aren't carrying their share, or they're they're controlling us and driving us either way. Um, Jesus says, if you and I are weary, He says some amazing words, simple words. He says, if you're weary, come to me. Come to me. And uh, I just want to real quickly, just for the time we've got, we only have five minutes, so let me try to do this quickly. He says, come. Uh, and I take that to mean that he's saying, you got to choose. you got to choose to come. We're not going to ease into the family of God. We're not going to, just because we hang out with the people of God doesn't make us a part of the people of God. We've got to come. It's a personal choice to trust, to call, to believe, to accept. Borrowed faith is no faith. Tandem faith is no faith. That's why Jesus says, barely, barely, I say unto you, uh, if a person wants to be a part of the kingdom of God, they must be born again. It must be a personal experience. We don't drift into the fa- you drift into the people of the devil. You 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 blend into the people, but you don't blend into the people of God. You got to make a choice to be the the man that that found the pearl of great price. Yeah. He didn't just hang out with the people that had the pearls, right? He sold everything he had and he went and bought it himself. It was a personal Choice. Decision, yeah. a personal choice. Come, you got to come. You can't just blend in or hang around with. You got to choose to come. Second thing he says is, "Come to me." And at the end of the day, I think it's incredibly important for us to know that what Jesus offers us is Himself. Come to me. Jesus offers us a relationship with Him. He doesn't offer us a list of do's and don'ts. He doesn't offer us a doctrinal statement. He doesn't offer us a bunch of expectations on things that we've got to change and repent of. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, I'll show you the way. He doesn't say, I'll tell you the truth. He doesn't tell you that he'll give you some life. He says, all of those things, the way, the truth, and the life, they're found in me, in a relationship with me. Jesus offers us an invitation. But it's always offered in the context of relationship. A a son, a bride, a friend. Jesus offers us a relationship with him. And then finally he says, I want you to take, if you come and and you want me uh, to have a relationship with me and through that relationship, I will take that weariness, that burden off of you. Jesus isn't saying Instead, I will give you a, a, a lazy boy chair or a hammock. He gives us a yoke, right? But it's a yoke that's pleasant. It's a yoke that's easy. It's a yoke that's lovely. And what I think Jesus is saying there is, is I'm inviting you on a journey with me. I'm with you. I'm not just giving you a gift and then telling you goodbye. I'm offering you a relationship with me where we will go through life together. Um, Eternal life, Christ eternal life, is not a gift that is given. It is a relationship that is embraced. Relational intimacy comes when two people, whether it's me and Jesus or me and you, relational intimacy uh, comes when we 
go through the pains and the problems and the joys and the successes of life together. And that's what Jesus offers us. Everything else is an illusion. Everything else is fake. Everything else is a show. There's no such thing. And I know there'll be people that'll disagree with me, but again, read your New Testament. The New Testament would declare that there is no salvation apart from discipleship. Jesus invites us into a relationship with Him where He asks us to follow Him, go through life with Him. Um, Nobody is given the life of Jesus without embracing a journey with Jesus. That's why Jesus says in Mark 1, walking along the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and his brother Andrew fishing, and he said, come and follow me, and I'll teach you to fish for people. And they at once left their nets and followed him. Um, You had a quote that I thought you might want to share as we conclude today. So I read this just this morning in a collection from C.S. Lewis. And he says it like this. It's amazing that this was today's. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. These are not the sort of prize which God could, if he chose, just hand out to everyone. They are a great fountain of energy and beauty spurting up at the very center of reality. Mm. If you are close to it, the spray will wet you. Mm. If you are not, you will remain dry. Mm. So Mm. we have to want this. Mm. Each of us takes our place in that dance. We, we have to want it. We have to come. Have to come. I want that. Uh, yes, I want that. Yes. We have to move to the water. And by coming to Him and joining into a relationship with Him, that's when the spray gets on us. That's right. When you're with a pretty lady that smells good, it, when you, it's when being with her, that perfume gets over on you, right? It's, a, it's that intimacy that gets the perfume on us. And, and that's if you're what, too tired... To go with the lady or to go, you know, (laughs) if you're too tired, then you're going to miss it. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, Thank you for being with us today. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper very quickly because we've run out of time. My wife's talked too long today. (laughs) Um, But we're going to eat bread, which represents the body of our Savior. And we're going to drink wine, which represents His blood. And if you have juice or wine at home and some crackers or bread, please join us. We would love for you to do that with us each week. But we eat and we drink this really to just remember what the Lord Jesus did for us. He died on the cross so that we could find favor with God through what He did, not what we do. We don't have to bear that weight, that burden of trying to live up to His standards and trying to please Him through our deeds. We find favor and acceptance and rest through the gift that Jesus gives us when we accept His death on the cross as the payment for our sins. We believe that and we eat and we drink to declare our faith in that. So let's do that. Lord Jesus, thank You. Thank You for 
wanting us to live lives that are characterized and defined by rest. Thank you that you have provided that rest for us, both uh, in giving us eternal life and in leading us through life on a journey that is challenging but also fulfilling, Um, full of work but also full of rest and peace. Thank you for providing a life like that for us. Oh, that we would embrace it. Oh, that we would trust you to give it to us. Oh, that we would want to live lives so close to you that that mist, that spray would get over on us and fill us with your joy, your power, your peace, your rest. Let it be so, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Lord bless you. What an honor to be invited to the marriage of the Lamb, to come and worship Him. Celebration, it's the joining of the bride and the Son, the two becoming one. All the prophecies fulfilled in a moment, so we sing like the roar of many waters, like the sound of rolling thunder. Hallelujah! Give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb is coming. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. Filled with wonder as we behold man with fire in his eyes. The very word of God. You are worthy Every kingdom, every nation bowing down Crowned with many crowns Every creed and tribe and tongue Declaring unity Like the roar of many waters the sound of rolling thunder, hallelujah, give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb is coming, hallelujah, we'll give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb is coming, we'll get ready. We'll shout till the whole world hears it. We'll sing till the whole world knows. King Jesus, he is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout till the whole world hears it. We'll sing till the whole world knows. King Jesus, he is faithful. 
He is the blessed hope. We'll shout to the whole world, hears it. We'll sing till the whole world knows. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout to the whole world, hears it. We'll sing till the whole world knows. King Jesus, He is faithful. He is the blessed hope. Like the many waters like the sound of the roaring thunder hallelujah give him glory for the marriage of the lamb is coming we'll give him glory and we'll give him glory for the marriage of the lamb is Thanks again for joining us this week. Come on back next week, 9.30, 10.15. I know we joke a lot, but we hope that this week has been encouraging for you. So come on back next week, and we'll see you on Sunday. Have a great week.